The Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report and a happy new year. We are now launching into 2023 with gusto for the fight to preserve human life, the human body as God designed it, and all of our liberties that are gifts of the creator, not the government, and the government is trying to take away In today's whistleblower report, the legal segment, you will be hearing from international attorney Todd Callender and his extraordinary research assistant, Lisa McGee. And Lisa has been digging into databases that have been unavailable and hidden to the public, although they are open source, they're not classified, they're just very, very difficult to find. And she has done extraordinary research over the last several months that is coming to fruition with some staggering information on connections with what is how the mRNA experimental gene therapy shots and other not just for COVID, but how they are altering other vaccines with this mRNA gene therapy platform that leads to alterations in the human genome and mechanisms of making people sicker. Now, speaking as a physician, I would like the audience to understand that we saw something happening medically that was quite disturbing. And the reason I'm bringing that up at the beginning is that Lisa McGee's research and Todd Callender's international law experience and former experience in vaccine clinical trials with some of the major manufacturers from years ago help connect the dots in ways that it's difficult for a practicing physician to do by ourselves. So that's why this is so important. But what I was seeing clinically, and I was treating COVID patients early, early treatment protocol, same used by Zelenko, McCullough, all the frontline doctors, all of us were using the hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, later ivermectin, vitamin D, zinc, N-acetylcysteine, steroids, nebulizers, inhalers, home oxygen. We were all using and anticoagulants, a lot of the same approaches all through 2020. And I kept all my patients out of the hospital. Nobody died. Everybody recovered from COVID. 
And if you treat early, you don't have the problem of this long COVID they keep talking about. But what changed in 2021 was quite dramatic, really, because after the shots rolled out, what I began seeing was, number one, it was the vaccinated people getting sick with COVID. And number two, the air quotes, COVID patients were much sicker in 2021 than any I treated all through 2020 when everyone was talking about how devastating the COVID illness was. So what was puzzling and and what later became clearer was the way in which the experimental COVID shots, they called vaccines, which were not vaccines, are not vaccines, don't work like vaccines, don't do what vaccines do, and are much more dangerous and are deadly, causing skyrocketing deaths. These sudden deaths and sudden heart attacks in people in the 30s are direct complications of these experimental gene therapy shots. But what was also happening in 2021 and 2022 is that not only were the patients sicker, but I needed to use different medicines. And in doing the antibody testing, SARS-CoV-2 antibodies to the spike protein and the nucleocapsid were present. And in the vaccinated patients, only the spike protein antibodies were present. But so were there Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, RSV virus, and mycoplasma pneumonia titers. That is an atypical bacterial pneumonia that's usually called, in the old days, was called walking pneumonia, but it's also harder to treat. It requires different medicines, doesn't respond to the ZPAC or azithromycin the way we had seen in 2020. So we needed different antibiotics, biaxin or clarithromycin was one of them, doxycycline. And people were a lot sicker all through 2021 and 2022. And now, today, we have some pieces of the puzzle, major pieces of the puzzle, that Lisa McGee and Todd Callender are going to share with all of you. Welcome, both of you. And Lisa, just my hat's off to you for the incredible work you've done. And you've been quite open about how you feel the Holy Spirit and God have guided you which is how I feel about my work. And certainly Todd Callender in bringing you on as a researcher with Vax Choice group has been an extraordinary gift to humanity from all that you're doing. So Todd and Lisa, uh, Todd, I'll let you introduce Lisa in more detail. I'm impressed with her work. I'm blown away by what she has dug into and how she makes sense of all of this. So Lisa, thank you for your diligence and perseverance and creative mind and openness to God's leading. And Todd, thank you for bringing Lisa onto your team and sharing it with the world. So let's have the two of you tell our listeners what, what you've just been uncovering. Maybe Todd, you can set the stage. Sure, be happy to. <clears throat> I beg your pardon. Um, good morning, by the way, doctor. Thank you for the nice introduction. It's really helpful uh, as a background. And there's a, there's a lot of background that goes here. I would, I would start the whole conversation with really the conclusion, which is that 
something I said to Lisa yesterday, if we could replicate her a million times over, you know, this whole thing would be done. She, she is the epitome of what it is we need um, for people to do generally. So she um, and I met more than a year ago. She was looking for help with her own circumstances with her son and, and for herself um, through our law firm. And it, the relationship grew into something more than that because she was very um, interested and, and willing to do some hard work, you know, looking at alternatives, fighting for herself. And when she was uh, expressing an interest to help out in a more meaningful way, it happened to coincide with a need that we had with our Vax Choice Initiative, which was to find some more researchers, people to dig in and, and put pieces together. The volume of information is overwhelming. Um, and all of us get overwhelmed. <laughs> and Lisa, you know, ha- guided by the hand of God, has discovered stuff that we just you don't even want to know. But we, you know, we've got to go through it. So she's just been a blessing to us, and we've been putting a lot of the word out as best as we can with you and a variety of other outlets. Uh, and we're starting to reach the public because until we embrace the truth, until we embrace what this is, um, which is a multifaceted genocide. Um, some people say democide. It's, it is the destruction of humanity itself. Until we embrace that, we're not going to find a way of stopping it. So we're grateful to have Lisa here. All of her research, you know, as I said, guided by by God's hand. And and here we now have the, the foundational parts of the truth and what this is really about. So Lisa, thanks to you as well. Sure appreciate your efforts. Thank you very, very much, both of you, for the that kind, those kind words. Um, it Truly, and it has just been, I, I've shared this with you, Todd, and I've shared it with everybody. This has been a, a, a change in my life, the course of my life, the direction of my life. And, and God, you know, gives, has us go through trauma or, you know, despair, tragedy, um, puts us in difficult situations to come out of them, you know, uh, on a whole new path and to learn from all of that. And that's what this is. And it's just been such an exploration on so many levels. Um, and, and the, the opportunity to be able to do this research that you provided has just been, like I said, life-changing. It's just been profound and realizing how much, uh, how much I do enjoy it, but how much this is truly, this absolutely has been guided by God. He's opening these doors to just this information. It's like it just falling dominoes. They, it just keeps, they open themselves almost, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm getting the information and I'm keep trying to keep up with it, but it is just, it's coming in by a hand of God with help. So Dr. Vliet, just really quickly, you had asked, um, you know, how would we title this whole thing? And, and what came to me, just listening to Lisa and seeing what it is, it, it seems to me this is, we are in the middle of a genocide by an industry full of mad scientists. When you look back to how long they've been doing this and how intricate um, this plan, this genocidal plan has been and, and how carefully crafted yeah. um, and over what period of time, it, it just boggles the mind. It would take an entire industry of literally mad scientists to figure this out with the, the you know murderous intent. I don't know any other way to describe this. Well, I agree with you on that. And actually, it is stunning to see over the time frame. And I want you to specify that time frame. And let's specify the industry involved, the industries involved. 
because I think one of the things that people are struggling with is what's called the normalcy bias. And that is that if you have a normal mind and a normal conscience and a sense of right and wrong, it's very difficult to wrap your mind around the enormity of a diabolical, Machiavellian, demonic mind, mad scientist mind that has murderous intent. It's just like people have difficulty understanding a serial killer. These are serial killers on steroids that are engaging in mass genocide because of their malevolent design to control humanity, depopulate the earth for their own agendas and those who are left, they want indentured servants to serve yeah. the elites. And, and that is such a diabolical agenda and so antithetical to the American way of thinking. Now, those who've lived in totalitarian countries understand that completely, but Americans typically do not. And that's why these educational programs are so critical. And yes, I think that's true. So specify for our listeners to understand over the time, what time frame have you and Lisa seen this planning going on? Is it the last five years, 10 years, 20? No, what is it? Well, yeah. Let me, let me just say this. There are different vectors of, of murder that they use and they all come together. Everything has been built uh, in redundancy or even triple or quadruple redundancy in terms of ways to kill people. So whether that's you know, radiological, that certainly dates back to the 1950s, right? Lisa, you'd say, I assume Marshall Islands at all. Mm -hmm. um, go ahead from there, Lisa, because it, there's you know, elements of, of radiological issues, elements of bacterial, viral. What, what are your thoughts on that? How far back? Well, I, I think probably the start of, if you really want to go back, it's probably the start of, didn't the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds start with pharmaceutical, you know, pharmacy and medicines and alternative means of, you know, taking care of people. And obviously we needed some of those interventions, but that I believe that, that con the concept of creating, being able to gather these mad scientists into universities and give them titles to, to start but, you know, very unsupervised in starting to create these, um, these means. That's, that's actually really important. You know, we hear discussions of the public-private partnerships, and I think you've just nailed that, is that you would look at the universities with these, you know, hand-picked people, these professors that are doing research based on grants. So our government was effectively funding the research yes. that um, they would ultimately use to kill us all. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. You know, and, and when you're talking about the um, radiation, you know, when I was doing research on the radiation and cesium, if you think about it, it's our governments that have been contaminating our environment, entities of governments globally working alongside each one another. So, but, so they, they, they produce the disease pathogens or the, you know, the toxins and then are given the grants to other entities and universities to research that polluted you know, solutions yeah. and, and specimens. 
And it's just this cycle. And then, you know, and then you bring in the pharmaceutical companies who are also part of the club to then make the medicines that are using these same pathogens and specimens in the name of, of healing. And, and, and it's obviously, it's not that black and white. There's, it's not, you know, everyone in, in, in the medical field, obviously, but it has become a huge, uh, very incestuous, diabolical, like you said, cycle. Well, and I mean, it is exactly the cycle and it is the quote, military industrial complex and yeah. quote that President Eisenhower warned America about and the world about in his farewell speech at the end of his, pre uh, his presidency which was his 1961, I believe, was the year of his farewell speech. And he warned about that. In fact, I listened to a clip of it last night. It was the warning that he gave prior to President Kennedy taking office. And we now have a better understanding of who was involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. And it was people in our own government who did not want his agenda of peace and withdrawal from Vietnam and curtailing this military industrial complex. They didn't want him to succeed. And literally he was assassinated. And as more details have come out over the years, we see a lot of the involvement of our government. And that's exactly what Eisenhower was warning about and what you have uncovered in far more detail than we knew was actually taking place until you started connecting these dots. You know, on the, on the dots part, Lisa, <clears throat> would it be fair to say that the discovery of cesium-137 was really the catalyst to uh, mutating genes in a certain way that they would become pathogenic? Um, I, I'm curious, what, when was kinase, when was death-associated protein 6 isolated? Well, that, that I believe, first off, yes, I, I believe that the, um, the use of cesium-137 and, you know, its, its sister product, barium-137, is also, uh, they're, not, they, they're not used in an equal amount, but they, they are... They, it, it's a connection. Um, and so barium-137 is also used. But I think that that's been a basis, what I have found for the beginning of the mass contamination of the environment, soil, uh, you know, the plants, because it mimics, it, because it mimics potassium and it's water soluble, it literally in these, when it, as a contaminant, it contaminated everything. And we have biologically, and when I say we, plants, humans, and you know, non-human animals, species, organisms, bacteria, fungus, in soils and in dirt or and in waterways, have been able to adapt to that cesium-137 in a natural way. But that was the beginning of the start of this mutation of genes. So that of our species. Of, in all, yes. So I, to me, that is really the intended foundation 
of these mad scientists. I think that they, they created this ability for all being, all living beings, all creations that have life and life, a form, you know, a form of life to, uh, to incorporate that cesium into our cellular makeup. When, when did um, the Department of Energy and the WHO and the UN, other governments really start watching that, that effect? Uh, it's well, Savannah River, is that right? Yes, it's uh, so. And Todd, you know this. And Dr. Bleed, I did extensive research on the Department of Energy's. Um, there, I, I found out that they have kept a database of hundreds and thousands of individual organisms, and also close, approximately nineteen thousand viruses, named viruses, and they are categorized into you know. Uh, families and they each have strains. So there, there's more than 19,000. That's just, you know, 19,000 families. Each of these families have multiple strains. So I dated back with contracts and with information that as far back as the 60s, that the uh, Department of Energy has been has several sites in the United States globally. I think Marshall Island was an example where they went in, you know, this bomb happened on this island and just devastated uh, the island and its, you know, inhabitants. And um, they went in and or took samples and continued to do so. So, you know, they've got these samples that are from the 60s that are sitting in these Petri dishes. And I, I don't mean to make this elementary, but this is how my mind visualized it because it's probably very similar to this. They are just festering. Well, my, my, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that at some point the Department of Energy became responsible for, in, in some way, the mutation of these genes using these radioactive materials into creating additional pathogens yes. in, in these families of viruses. Yes. And so what you're saying is that starts back in the 1960s and that, that matches my understanding of it as well. And that's why I asked the question, if you happen to know it, I don't know if you do, but when was death-associated protein 6, otherwise known as DAX, D-A-X-X, or kinase, as you found? When, when did, was that isolated? Because it seems that that was the, the threshold moment that all of these pathogens became mutated uh, into other things using what looks to be radioactive isotopes. Yes, and I do need to backtrack and just uh, let everyone know that uh, the Savannah River that you were talking about, the Savannah, Ridger, Savannah River project is uh, a project that is that connects also the Department of Defense. They, it's a military base where this, uh, it's Savannah Rivers in South Carolina, and that there was a spill contamination in the 60s, 64, 1964, that uh, spilled into the, the river, you know, all the wildlife, all the vegetation environment, but that is in connection or a partnership rather, I should use say with the DOD. Uh, and then Los Alamos, Los, Los Almo, that is also another project uh, of the both Department of Energy and the Department of Defense that have done research and studies on the contamination, particularly of cesium-137. So I, I just wanted to say that there is that connection with the Department of Defense as well. 
Um, well, I'd like to go into more detail on the Department of Defense connections, particularly in the second half. But as we begin to wrap up the first half, what I want our listeners to understand is a couple of key points that Todd and Lisa have been making. Number one, that this has been planned in a widespread collusion between Department of Energy, Department of Defense, Big Pharma, university researchers, mad scientists, and there are many other players that we'll talk further about in the second half, but that, that they know the damage that they are creating to all forms of life. And that includes the microorganisms, humans, animals, insects, plants, soil, water, and, and the air, and the capability of delivering the pathogens and the mutations they are creating. Now, as a quick overview, that's where we are in the enormity of the research links and connections that Lisa has been uncovering. That's all there to be found, just difficult. Lisa, and Todd, before we go to break, any quick comments on what I just said? I know you've got it exactly right. This is, this is the, the epitome of the public-private partnership, universities and big multinational companies and governments taking your tax dollars and turning them into a murder weapon. Well, it's the weaponization of the public-private partnership, and it is the malevolent intent to damage life as it was designed by our creator. Fundamentally, that's what we need to help people wrap their minds around so that you can begin to look at ways of constructively dealing with it and stopping it. So as we wrap up the first segment of the whistleblower report today, launching into the new year and the new fight ahead to preserve life and our freedoms. This is Dr. Lee for America. We encourage all of you, please check out our website, truthforhealth.org. We have vaccine injury treatment guide, citizens vaccine injury reporting system you can use, user-friendly, unlike the CDC system, and we report the data. We also have the Radiation Injury Treatment Guide, and we have the Early COVID Treatment Guide, which applies to not only COVID, but other viral illnesses and the atypical mycoplasma pneumonia and other atypical bacterial illnesses. And we have the whole section on health and resilience and the ways in which you can use chlorine dioxide as a biocidal agent to improve the health of your environment as a, an environmental decontaminant that has been approved by the FDA, sorry, the uh, EPA and NASA for decades. So there's a wealth of resources and we encourage you to check out all of those. We'll be right back after the break. 
Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. This is Dr. Lee for America, back with the second half of the Whistleblower Report legal segment, here with Todd Callender, International Attorney Disability Rights Specialist, and someone with experience from a number of years ago in vaccine manufacturing and clinical trials. Also here is Lisa McGee, 
researcher brought on by Todd Callender's team at Vax Choice. That's vaxxchoice.com, where you'll find a wealth of resources on all of these topics, in addition to the resources at truthforhealth.org. So welcome back to the second half, Todd and Lisa. Let's, uh, we, we set the stage of the big picture of what you found. Let's, uh, Todd, bring in your understandings legally from the cases that you have filed against the DOD. And for our listeners, I, I do want to give a uh, shout out to Todd Gallander and the other attorneys he worked with. But Todd was the, the lead attorney filing the first lawsuit against the Department of Defense. It was his initiative, his legal creativity that led to Robert V. Austin in August of 2021. And we've been honored to work with him on a number of joint efforts in the legal arena, both in court and the court of public opinion to help our service members. So Todd, let's um, bring in the Department of Defense and its connections, not defending us, but actually being weaponized against the people with what you and Lisa have been finding more recently. Good. Yes. Um, In the summer of 2021, there was a lot of saber rattling by the Department of Defense about forcing shots on the meeting, these mRNA, these experimental gene therapy shots on our service members. It was, uh, you know, a DOD wide policy, meaning 1.4 million people in uniform alone. Um, that they were talking about, we knew, uh, our team, that all of the test animals in the prior phase of uh, clinical trials had died or were killed. We were also aware that there was an ongoing clinical trial on 44,000 service members where anecdotally we were hearing reports of people being injured, but, but, but those results were being hidden. So when um, the Secretary of Defense uh, actually, you know, said, I'm going to go ahead and mandate this thing, and I, I'm not going to wait for presidential approval. Um, we understood that use of force was going to be authorized, right? That means holding people down and shooting them with this. So if this was a therapeutic, if this was something that was supposed to be a value, right, to save our service members from some kind of a disease, meaning COVID, uh, why would you need to hold people down to do it? And that's what, that's what triggered our lawsuit, which we filed on the 23rd of August of 2021. And um, the, the mission was really to educate as much as, um, as try and stop them, uh, the DOD with temporary restraining orders and, and preliminary injunctions, any, any kind of a roadblock we could put up. But we wanted the people in the military to understand and take the time to decide whether they wanted these or not. Our presumptive plaintiff class was some 210,000 service members who already had COVID and recovered. They had natural immunity. There was no reason to give them the shots. And yet the DOD was, was frankly hell bent on making sure everybody got the shots. And, and so that was the, the basis of our lawsuit. And as we started to go through the process of, of figuring this out, leading to discovery, putting science in front of the court to try and stop this thing, we, we could quickly came to understand the, there was no informed consent because these were gene therapy shots and they are regulated differently. They're not, they're not regulated by the, the FDA in the traditional sense. They're regulated by health and human services. So the, there was a different informed consent requirement and the military was effectively just abandoning any notion of that. 
telling everybody it's safe and effective and you damn well better get this shot or you're going to be you know, out of the military or court martial. All of those things actually happen. So we put in in front of the, the court early on that these were gene modification shots um, the, and that people had a right to remain human. You can force them to take these shots. There are international conventions and various statutes that outlaw forcing experimentation on anybody, much less service members. Um, and we, we put that in front of the court and in front of the Department of Justice, who represents the DOD, HHS, and FDA, those defendants. And they never disagreed with it. They never even answered. So, you know, all the way up to where we are now, and that's in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, including oral arguments, never once did our government deny that these were gene modification shots. Never once did they deny that could create ownership rights in the, the newly created synthetic people, a new species. Never did they deny that this would be violating our 13th Amendment rights, which is our right not to be somebody's chattel property, not to be somebody's slave. So we, we came to understand this was a DOD mission. It was them that created the Hydra jail. It was them that was practicing the gene modification since 2005. It was them creating super soldiers and now seeking to turn all 1.4 million service members, the ones in uniform, either into um, super soldiers or into dead people. It was an either or. One way or another, they wanted a shot in everybody's arm. So that's where we are today. We are waiting for a decision on the Tenth Circuit on that issue and a variety of other issues. Um, and so far, we, we've really fallen on, on deaf ears in the courts. And that's not just our case. That's across the board. We've had a very hard time getting our cases um, heard, the merits of the case. Well, and that's been what we've been seeing on the medical front as well, that the judges are just ignoring basic rule of law and we find that all of the measures being used in the COVID death protocol in our hospitals with remdesivir, ventilators, restricting fluids and nutrition, it's all given broad immunity. And so we're having to look at finding creative ways around the broad immunity that was put in place under President Obama at the end of his administration in the Cures Act that he passed, that he literally pushed through at the end of 2016 after he knew President Trump had won that election in a surprise win. They thought Hillary Clinton was going to continue the policies. That's when Rick Bright was installed at BARDA and Rick Bright became the person who blocked and sabotaged the use of hydroxychloroquine in COVID and bragged about it. He was PhD, not an MD, and he was director of BARDA installed by Obama at the end of 2016 when they knew they had a problem with Donald Trump having just been elected president. Cures Act was put in place that waived patient rights. No one really understood that at the time because it was done under the cover of typical secrecy or announced on a Friday night with no press coverage. Then add to that the CARES Act immunity for the covered countermeasures that was put in place by 2020 in the COVID pandemic. And 
patients have had no rights in hospitals and doctors could, and nurses could do what they wanted, essentially killing people who, particularly those not vaccinated in 2021 and 2022. And then lo and behold, there was no way to go after medical malpractice or negligence or wrongful death because of all the immunity in place. It's been one of the struggles you as an attorney and me as a physician have been trying to find a way to deal with, to find justice. What you said is really important, doctor, and I'll I'll get out of the way in a moment. What, What we have resolved, what it is that we've come to understand is that they've cut off all avenues of redress in our legal system by exactly what you described, by providing immunity, um, both civil and uh, criminal immunity, because the um, public health um, element of our government, that whole sector now is part of law enforcement upon the declaration of a public health emergency. They're merged with the judiciary, public health, corrections, and law enforcement. So where exactly do you seek redress? If you're looking for it from the executive branch, good luck. Look who we've got in office. If you're looking for the legislative branch, do you really think there are you know, fair elections that those people are representing you? And if you look in the judicial branch, they are part of public health now. And this is why when we file suits for a temporary injunction or restraining order or to help a patient get ivermectin or get out of the hospital, the judges won't hear the cases. So every legal means of redress has been cut off. And that was planned over at least 40 years from a legal perspective. At least how many years? Four zero, not less than four zero years, four decades. Well, wow. Wow. And that, that is something that is very hard for people to fully wrap their minds around now. And it's hard for me. I kept thinking the courts, I knew the press was corrupt. I knew the mainstream media had been bought. We've only got about six companies in the world that control all the media. So we knew that was a problem. We knew that there was corruption in the White House and in many of our three-letter agencies. But I thought the courts still had integrity, and I was terribly wrong about that. We all were, doctor. We all hoped. You know, that we thought that the, our system was set up to provide justice in every respect. We thought that there was checks and balances. And what we've come to find is that there's a giant conspiracy, a collaboration, a criminal enterprise that spans all the branches of government from the state level on up. And internationally, all of these governments agreed together in 1994 in the Cairo Population Courts that they would effectively murder 7 billion people. And now what we've come to find through Lisa's research, yours and others, is the mechanisms by which they have sought to to conduct that. And it includes the creation of a bioweapon that was let loose. The law even says here is the protocol, whether it's um, intentionally or not released into the world. Well, now we know it's intentional. And then, of course, the the cure, the solution, which is another bioweapon. Um, combine that with the, the radiological activity happening with our 5G and 4G symptoms, the EMF radiation, and they've got the, the perfect uh, apparatus to kill 7 billion people. And that's where we are. We're right in the middle of that, doctor. It's, it's just truly staggering. What are some of the avenues that you and Lisa and I see may be able to 
help people in in the time we have left today and we we can do additional whistleblower reports on more details about what lisa has been finding but what are some of the thoughts that we're looking at investigating as ways that people can have a little bit more protection or some treatment options what what are you finding on that front I'll, I'll say one thing, and then I want to get to Lisa's thoughts on this too, which is really a simple thing. If your government says this is good for you, if your government says you should do X, do the opposite. They are not here to help <laughs> yes. you. They are here to kill you. It's really that simple. Um, and, and Lisa's discovered a lot of this going back, as we talked about before, into the 60s. Somebody funded by our government, some bodies, a lot of people were actually paid to figure out how to kill you with viruses, with EMF. And that's exactly what's happened. And, and in my understanding, this Lisa found something called the death associated protein six. It, it's a, a protein that is responsible for killing people, you know, one cell at a time. And this was isolated by these very same bad scientists. And then they mutated it into various forms of, of ways to kill you, whether that's causing you cancer in 20 years or it's causing you some other malady in 10 years. It's like a, a time delay bomb that they throw and, and it's done internally. And Lisa, out of all the things you found associated with, with that death associated protein six, DAX, also canines, mm -hmm. you know, what's the worst, um, the worst version that you've seen? What did they modify it into? That's well, the, you know, the most evil thing. Well, I, I just, I found this site and it, it's very um, explanatory and it goes in, this is a, a recent find and, and what has been very somewhat difficult, not somewhat, quite difficult for me is to wrap my head around how it's not just one mutation. They have been able to take this DAX. So DAX is, uh, has several aliases. It, it goes by, it's a gene, gene 1616, uh, that which that then has four different symbols. So in each one of those symbols, it's like a pyramid. Then they each are into, you know, it's, they're not just different names for gene 1616. They, each of them are individual cells and each have compound, a compound structure. Uh, a chemical compound structure. They they have uh, they're also identified with a taxonomy number as an organism and a virus. So they take a specific gene or a virus or an organism, and then they just fan it out and spread it out to all of these, you know, aliases and different names and combinations. And so what I have found is that gene one six one six which is also named the death, death dominant or death associated protein six, which is also a kinase. And kinase is, there is a patent for several different uh, chemical structure, comp chemical compound structures for kinase, which is yeast or a bacterial yeast. So there are volumes and volumes of different types of protein kinase and also kinase as an enzyme. So they are putting the, that, they're mixing this yeast. I, this is my thought. 
they're mixing all of these different kinase enzymes and proteins. You know, they go to the databases of all the viruses or organisms and they are infusing the two. uh, And then it, it will come in through vaccines or treatments. There is Parkinson's disease that's associated with gene 1616, herpes uh, virus, HIV, mutated uh, signal pathways. Uh, you know, it's neurological degenerative diseases. I mean, I'm looking at the sheet right now, multiple diseases that this death protein six is the foundation of. I, you know, I, you just said something, and it goes back to what Dr. Wheat said um, in the last segment, which is that, that these diseases, these pathogens are man-made, named, um, they are chimeric, and then they are designed to be. They're part bacteria and part virus, and you know, Dr. Wheat was kind enough to help me and my family last year when we actually got the bug, um, and we had to tackle it with antivirals and strong antibiotics, and, and it worked, but that's what struck me. You're talking about yeast blending these compounds with viral proteins. They're really designed to be multifunctional disease makers. Is that right? I, that's that. You know, my unmedical opinion is that yes, that is. And you know, I, I think I've been thinking about this all of you know throughout these years when we go into a doctor, we take our kids to the doctor, and they take a nose swab or a throat swab. You know, where does that go? You know, and each one of those is a, it's an organism or it's, you know, there's organisms in those swabs mixed with DNA and mixed with, with other, you know, individual, you know, fluids, but are they, is this all part of the, the databases that I'm finding and the databases, I need to say, they are on a global scale and, you know, several countries, WHO is, is holding on to these databases of these viruses and these organisms, um, you know, that are also for sale. Uh, and for so, sale, wait, man-made and for sale. Yes. I guess he's just staggering. I think people, let's repeat that. WHO, the United States and other countries are keeping databases of multifunctional disease causing viruses, fungi, bacteria that have been manipulated to be more lethal and they are for sale. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think they, my thought is that, you know, the department of energy's database, which I found first is specific to environmental mutations in organisms that have been collected from Savannah River, you know, from, uh, there's a plant in Washington state that had a spill in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Arizona, this, um, in, is it in Texas or Arizona, the Los Almo, that there, that was a spill and contamination in all of these samples. So I, I think that they oversee the mutated, the radiation mutations, you know, uh, and maybe that you know they they source out that component, but then it, but but it's all an interconnection. You know, there's the highways go to all of them. You know, then if if this particular mutated organism is needed, uh, DO, DOE offers it, and the the all these other uh, private entities and universities all have the mutated viruses or genes 
proteins and enzymes ready for sale and or for a grant. You know, they're getting paid, the university is getting paid in a grant to make up these concoctions of these, to, you know, to mix the organisms, the non-human organisms, viruses, bacterial and fungus with these mutated genes that have been contaminated and well, it may well be, Lisa, that given that Los Alamos, New Mexico is one of the places that you found, remember, everybody needs to keep in mind, and you're young enough that you may not remember this, but those who um, were involved in the research and the planning and execution of the Manhattan Project, Los Alamos National Laboratory during World War II, that was where the atomic bomb was developed. And they have been doing radiological research there ever since. And then of course there have been some laboratory accidents there and the spill that you mentioned. So Los Alamos, New Mexico has been a site of government secret research yes. since I World War II. Well, and I have something to add to that. Todd, I think I shared this with you. The, um, when I was researching more the Department of Defense, specifically Secretary of Defense Austin, the founder of Raytheon Technologies back in the 1930s, he's the original founder, one of the three original founders of Raytheon, oversaw and was head of Manhattan Project and became a liaison and a consultant for the United States government. You did. You know what I was, you, you made me think of something. Do you know who paid for the Manhattan Project? This goes back to public-private partnerships. Who? Um, the, the government was very careful to hide everything they were doing. So they had General Mills, your cereal maker, is who paid for all of that. So if they were smart enough back in World War II to use giant corporations to hide what it was they're doing, what makes us think that doesn't happen today vis-a-vis -vis Raytheon? or yeah. the military industrial complex by serial, for example. So yes, it's, it's all uh, very secret. It's all compartmentalized and it's all a public private partnership. It always has been, nothing has changed. Yeah, it's, and that, that was another, you know, eye opener and not that my eyes hadn't been open to fraud and, you know, this, this deep seated, these connections, but it is all, like you just said, it is all connected. You know, these, these private, industries, also, you know, a lot of the board members I've been finding, you know, the, the, uh, the advi medical advisors, they have a connection to HHS or CDC or FDA. You know, they're on, they're a professor at a university, but they're on a board for one of these pharma companies. I mean, it's, it's just, it's all, it, they're all, you know, they're all working together. And I think these databases, and again, this is elementary in my explanation, but it's like they're catalogs, you know, and I need to mention too, Todd and Dr. Lee, the, the connection with the patents, there, there is a direct link with these patents and how they're used. And I need to tell you, most of these viruses and organisms, what I have found, I shouldn't probably use the word most, they are patented. They have been patented. Several of that means they're man-made, actually, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Well, we're going to have to take this all up and go into more detail on the patents. And of course, we know that um, Dr. David Martin has been digging into a lot of the patents and what you're finding, Lisa, 
is is certainly collaborative with with what he's been finding. But we are out of time on today's show. So we will take this up. Listeners, stay tuned. We will be doing a series of these investigative reports with Todd Callender and Lisa McGee in our whistleblower reports over the next week and weeks to come as more is uncovered of the nefarious, malevolent intent to destroy your life and all that we hold dear. This is Dr. Lee for America. We realize this is troubling information as we start the new year, but God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of sound mind and peace and love. And we are to be renewed and transformed by the renewing of our mind. And it is only through the power of knowledge and education that you renew your mind and look at creative ways to connect with our creator and the divine and save lives and freedom. We will be back again with another whistleblower report. Thank you for listening today. Check out vaxchoice.com, V-A-X-X-C-H-O-I-C-E.com and truthforhealth.org. This is Dr. Lee for America. May God bless America and have mercy on us. And may we all turn back to God as one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. Thank you.